Hi, this is the Leading Language and Literature Podcast with me, Chris Jordan. In this episode, I'm speaking with Nadia Abdullah. Nadia is a former head of department for English, director of teaching and learning and MYP principal in Jordan. She has also worked as a workshop leader for the IB and is currently chief education and development officer for Junior Achievement Worldwide, a non-profit organization providing hands-on learning in financial literacy, work readiness and entrepreneurship skills. I wanted to speak to Nadia about the IB's MYP and more specifically the interdisciplinary unit that is expected in each year of the course. Nadia recently ran an excellent two-day training seminar that I attended and was kind enough to share more of her time discussing it for the podcast. We discuss a quick introduction to her career to date, some of the common misconceptions or mistakes teachers make in respect of the IDU and what the most important things to remember as a school attempting to implement it are, how and when uh, she sees the assessment criteria of evaluation, synthesis and reflection actually taking place in a unit, examples of the ways in which different subjects can come together to form an IDU, advice on the mechanics of actually timetabling IDUs, what constitutes action or service in an interdisciplinary unit and examples from Nadia's own practice. And finally, advice for heads of faculty, coordinators and teachers in respective departments embarking on their first forays into an IDU. Thanks again to Nadia for an extensive and first-hand account of considerations that are needed when approaching the interdisciplinary unit. Despite the time, resources and collaboration required, it is an undertaking that can massively benefit students and their appreciation of the respective subjects. If you want to be kept up to date on when educational chat like this happens, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast and or follow me on Twitter at ChrisJordanHK. Um, okay, Nadia, I, I know for a fact that you've had quite a, an interesting um, career to date. So would you mind giving us uh, a quick introduction to um, what that's been like? Hi, Chris. I'm so happy to be here. So, yes, I actually um, I worked at international schools for 15 years. I started off as an English teacher um, and then headed up to a grade level leader and uh, area of interaction leader, MYP coordinator. Um, and then as my career progressed, I went into administration, but I continue to teach. I'm an English language and literature teacher. I taught um, MYP and DP. Uh, I became a, um, an MYP coordinator, a K through 12 director of teaching and learning, and, uh, and then a school principal for the middle school for that, that would be grade six to 10. And I also work for uh, the CIS and I'm an IB workshop leader. I became a consultant for about a year after my 15 years of international teaching. And then I now work for an NGO called Junior Achievement Worldwide. And I'm the chief education and business development officer. And I oversee the education and business development operations in 13 countries um, in the MENA region, Middle East and North Africa. So yeah, thank you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's a quite a storied sort of um, I don't know, background. Like it's like you've packed a lot into those um those those I don't know, a decade and a half, I suppose, Nadia. But yeah, I I I kind of met you of virtually for the first time um when you led an IDU or interdisciplinary unit training 
um, uh, recently. And um, this is something that we're implementing in our school at the moment, but I know this is a case, this is the case with a number of schools across Hong Kong. And um, as someone who kind of like, you know, leads workshops on this, and I'm sure have like experienced IDUs yourself in, in the past, what are the, some, what are some of the common misconceptions or mistakes that teachers or, or maybe coordinators make in respect of the IDU? And what are the most important things to remember as a school, as we are implementing uh, or attempting to implement them for the first time? Um, yeah. So to be honest, in my experience, I think one of the biggest uh, mistakes that uh, teachers and, and school administrators make in terms of uh, running IDUs is forcing it, where uh, that means that they, they sit in groups and say, you need to come up with an IDU. And when that happens, the link between the subject is not uh, authentic, and the and and the whole purpose of you know the the IB education in general is to have the kids remember what they were taught in school. So when something is forced or there isn't an authentic link, um, it's not something that they can remember or um, even benefit from. So I would definitely say look at authentic links, even if it's not 100% compatible. It's really important to find um, an idea within both units that would make the interdisciplinary unit as authentic as possible. So in terms of forcing it then, Nadi, does that kind of mean... Um... It, could it be that like you've you've been asked as you know a head of department or a head of NYP for your particular subject to sit down with another teacher and just come up with something off the top of your head in quite a perfunctory way? Is is that what you mean in terms of it, it being forced? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So you've been asked to come up with something um, without looking at the entire content or even context of both units. It's just an idea. So that really ends up uh, um, not being authentic or even um, creative for the students. So it's not a good uh, idea to do something like that. So it seems to me that it, it makes more sense, or it, maybe not. it doesn't make more sense, but it, it seems slightly easier to implement an IDU once the curriculum is up and running. Like maybe if you've had the MYP for a couple of years, three, four, five years, and you kind of know roughly what has worked and what hasn't worked. Maybe you're at more of a position then to look across vertically and horizontally across the def the different disciplines and sort of say, okay, well, this would work with this, this would work with that, as opposed to it being done in isolation. So I suppose that that is a position that my school's in at the moment, which is quite which is quite lucky. But I take your point as well in terms of the, the main question a few people were asking when we did the IDU training a few weeks ago was that like, where do we fit this in? Like, how do we realistically kind of um, find a place for the IDU to exist? And I think a lot of your advice, correct me if I'm wrong, was based on the idea of, well, if you look at the units that you already have and you look for organic links or, or connections between um, existing units and existing disciplines, then that's the most effective way to do it. Is that correct? Yes, definitely, Chris, definitely. And and to assist you with that process, uh, the school administrator should definitely have like um, 
a gallery walk, um, a departmental exchange of curricula so that um, everybody knows what is, is happening in other subjects. And that way, if there is a link that can be explored and even, even further developed, it works much better for the students. Yeah. Um, so the new kind of iteration of um, the interdisciplinary unit um, course program, what have you, like the 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 marking criteria has changed um, somewhat. So with this new assessment criteria, there seems to be a clear expectation that students are sort of metacognitively engaging with the IDU process. They're constantly having to think about you know, how are two disciplines coming together here? Where is this happening? Um, how effectively am I actually learning or interacting with, you know, the respective disciplines and their um, respective concepts or, or what have you, skills? Um, how and when do you see the likes of, you know, sort of evaluation, synthesis, reflection? They're, so they're, they're broken down into sort of three um um criteria nadia do you see them happening you know is is criteria a sort of happening at a certain time b at a certain time c at a certain time or is it more of a is it more interleaved and more kind of uh, uh what's the best word to use here is it more kind of more of an ongoing thing for each of the different strands as opposed to it being uh, a specific moment in which they're assessed Yes, definitely, Chris. So um, it's 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 a cycle, and it's embedded within mm -hmm. the entire process. It's not not something that should be done um, separately. So, for example, um, if if I have an interdisciplinary unit with another teacher in the other department, I would uh, find a way to synthesize the content and the conceptual understanding, contextual understanding. And then um, that would be enough for the student to actually think and reflect throughout yeah. the entire process. Like, what did I know before the unit? What do I know now that both of my teachers have come together? And then in the end, um, what did I learn out of this entire experience as, as a reflector? Evaluation as well, looking at um, the process through um, the, the, the experience of a student. How am I evaluating? this experience, and then bringing them both together. How was I able to transfer my knowledge from one subject to the other? How was bringing the, um, the subjects together, uh, doing something um, meaningful for me as a student? So the, the key here is to make sure that there is ongoing communication and, and thorough planning between both subjects mm. so that the students actually um, go through the process as a cycle, as something that is embedded within the actual unit rather than it being something separate. Mm, I see. I mean, like, at, at, at first kind of glance, my sort of perception of it was like we were working on a English and an INS collaboration. And at, on first inspection, I was like, right, okay, I understand this. Maybe after a certain amount of exposure to the, uh, you know, the task in hand and, um, reflecting on the different kind of uh, conceptual or disciplinary concepts that they need to understand. Maybe they can go out and evaluate, you know, existing ways in which uh, English and INS work together or evaluate the way in which, um, 
these particular kind of disciplinary concepts exist in the world or these particularly uh, particular INS concept, concepts, then you move forward into the synthesis and then you create the product or the, whatever the outcome is, the, the kind of, you know, the, 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 the summative assessment for lack of a more kind of um, better term. And then afterwards, they do some form of reflection on, on what they learn, like, you know, before, during, after, but is that too much of a simplistic way to approach it? Do you think Nadia, is that kind of missing the point? Um, it, it really depends on the level of students. So, mm. so there are certain times where it isn't fully organic depending on the classroom. Yeah. So um, you can simplify it. You can make it a bit more challenging depending on the group of students but the main core and the idea and the purpose of the interdisciplinary unit is for them to see how the subjects organically come together for the benefit of new knowledge yeah mm, i see and then uh what's i think this question definitely got um asked of you during the um the idu training that we did but um quite a few people were sort of thinking about what's the best way to you know what like the mechanics of actually timetabling an idu so is it is it better that they're built into the respective subjects curriculum in which case obviously you're asking potentially those two subjects to truncate a certain amount of their respective curricula that you know they need to hit every strand twice over the course of a, a year level and myp so is it better if it's being taught inside the two respective um subjects um curriculum or is it better as a completely bespoke lesson that that can be timetabled like you know an hour a week or an hour uh, every 10 days or something like that and similarly is yeah. it go on nadia sorry oh no I was just going to start answering the question, but did you have mm. a continuation to the question? Uh, only if it's only if it becomes relevant later. No, you go ahead. Okay, so um, different schools timetable in IDUs uh, differently. So there's no one size fits all approach to how to do it. But the main um, approach, or or actually the the best experience that I've personally had. Mm is making sure that the interdisciplinary units are set at the end of the previous year. So by the end of May, you have your interdisciplinary units set for the upcoming semester in August uh -huh. or September, depending on where you teach, right? So it's not something that you start at the beginning of the year, but it's rather mm -hmm. something that you plan for at the end of the previous year. And that way um, the school can then decide prior to going on summer break how they want to do it. Some some subjects, for example, um, are heavy on interdisciplinary units like the languages and the individuals and societies. Hmm. So they have a, a unique way of, of, of teaching and timetabling when it comes to their respective subjects. And there are other times where every grade level has a different subject and then the school decides that once a month there's an interdisciplinary unit fair for that hmm. subject. So again, um, the key here is not timetabling the interdisciplinary unit per se, but it's actually timetabling in time for the teachers to sit and plan thoroughly on a weekly basis, if not twice a week, 
and also planning ahead of time as an entire school so, so that um, the organic link is is there and carried through. Mm. I think, yeah, on, on first kind of reflection, I thought to myself that the, the best, the gold standard would be to have like a an extra lesson within the timetable, maybe like you say, once a month or once every however many cycles, whatever a school does in terms of its timetabling. But then as I discussed it with the people around me, people were pointing out the fact that but you, you're asking, you're then expecting, you know, that's another lesson, so to speak, on top of the timetable that they already have. And you're also looking to liaise what could be two very distinct um, subjects, which I imagine it's hard enough to design a timetable um, um, uh, at the best of times, never mind trying to get two distinct departments um, into a particular period in, in, in a given moment or a given uh, like period during the day. Um, but then again, it's that tension of if you're doing it during lessons, as you said, you really need a very clear vision at the beginning, at the end of last year, going into the beginning of the new year, and maybe even, you know, on a week to week basis in terms of checking in to say, are we making progress with where we want to be with the IDU? Because it's my understanding that an IDU doesn't replace any, you know, existing kind of outcome of any existing unit. You've still got to do um, all your strands, all your kind of criteria and your respective subjects, and then um, add to that the kind of the very beneficial, but also extra um, requirement of the IDU. So it's an interesting um consideration for sort of yeah management or coordinators to make my other thing my other thing was going to be uh, nadi do you think it's again I, I don't think it has a like a right answer but in your experience is it better if let's say uh, ins teach the unit and they're consistently referring to this idu to come and then um english teacher unit after that um, and they pick up the kind of the, the the torch, so to speak, and continue referencing it. And at the end, um, you know, the IDU is is produced at the very end, so it could take you know the entirety of a term. Or do you think it's better if the two units are running parallel to one another concurrently, and they're kind of bouncing off one another on a, a day to day, weekly basis? What do you think? Uh, so the IB is giving you that option now with the new guide; they can mm. run at the same time or don't so depending on um how the content is planned um the, the teachers are free to do whatever works for them but again in my if you're asking for my experience and my opinion it is more authentic and organic when it's done at the same time yeah um and the teachers visit one another's classroom so that the students see that um it's not a standalone unit but rather it's an interdisciplinary one so um, the more, again, it goes back really to, to the keyword here, the more planning that is that is put into the IDU, the more of a su success it is. So to answer your question, uh, it would be a better idea to have them running at the same time, but the option is there to have them uh, not running at the same time. I see. Um, the, as I said before, kind of the one that we tried to develop together when I was doing the training a few weeks ago was, uh, myself and the INS teacher, Joe, and, and it does feel like there's some subjects which stereotypically go well together when it comes to planning an IDU, not to mention the fact that 
as you said, some departments can actually, I suppose, formulate an IDU within their department, so INS and 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 the arts and things like that. But um, I, I felt quite lucky um, in the respect in in terms of the fact that you said you know you're an English um, teacher, and even though you gave lots of different examples from you know, lots of different kind of subject areas. Inevitably, I think there was like, you know, a bit uh, of a, an over-representation of English examples, which I was writing down the entire time and ask you to give me an example where it could be a unit that you've taught, or you've experienced, or just, I don't know, heard about, um, not necessarily actually experienced, but for each of the different um, sort of subject groups, um, there, there are so many actually in my eight years as an MYP coordinator, we've, we've pretty much hit almost every subject mm. from design to science to INS. Um, the most common ones in, in the schools that I worked at were between English and INS, yeah. where they, they usually look at, um, the historical context in literary texts, such as like the great depression and the jazz era, world war one, conflicts, migration, immigration, and then they look at how the historical background of a text impacts the way that the characters behave. Mm. And then that becomes um, more of an authentic kind of, um, of, of reading piece. So the students don't, don't only understand the events of the text, they start to analyze the how and the why of the text. Mm. Um, the same thing for for physics, and I believe it was physics, mathematics, and, and even physical and health education. So they looked at um, the time that it takes to get from one place to another. They looked at speed. They looked at um, health and exercise. So it was pretty much looking at mathematical equations, um, looking at um, gravity in physics, and then looking at uh, speed in physical and health education. In the end, the students actually created um, uh, workout videos where they took into consideration um, different uh, people who had different health needs. So mm. the timing was different depending on whether you had a heart condition, whether you were a diabetic, but they needed physics and, and mathematics and, um, and PE to come together and do that. There was also um, history and science looking at the the history of um, immunizations uh, and in the end they they created a an eradication for polio campaign that was uh, the action component of of the unit and yeah the list goes on you had um, design and and arts students created um, board games in 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 design and then um, portraits in visual arts as a form of expression. So the, mm. the theme there was um, personal expression. So board games allowed the students to, to, um, to express themselves through gaming. And the same thing went for um, visual arts and even performing arts as well. They came into the picture. So there's so many different examples really um, that went into um, the planning, but a lot of, uh, but a lot of it, I can say, was uh, equally distributed amongst the subjects and the grade levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was pretty fun, actually. This and so I think um, something we mentioned a few weeks ago was like the 
the seemingly impossibility of kind of matching English with mathematics. Um, and I think, um, I don't know, is this, I, I think I recall you saying that, um, I can't remember if you said that you you maybe hadn't come across many successful examples of this happening yet, but um, is there, to me, because, yeah, it's interesting you say the analytical aspect of literature and then um, kind of working with history. I wouldn't have thought to do that. It's, I suppose, the easiest part of English to map onto other subject disciplines is the more rhetorical side of things but i think the the analytical thing is really good as well but i've kind of like um racked my brains to to think of a way to get english and maths together and to date i just can't yeah i can't seem to marry the two together yeah it's 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 um <laughs> it's a bit difficult uh, there were some there were certain there were definitely some attempts at putting english and and uh, mathematics together again looking at um sequence of events in in historical elements in a text mm. and then analyze numbers um as the sequence went on so um i remember there was an attempt also during uh, the pandemic to bring in more of maths with with all the other subjects, not only um, English or other languages, looking at uh, analyzing COVID results in the different countries mm. and, and doing that through numbers. So there was a bit of science and mathematics there, a bit of um, individuals and societies and mathematics. So in short, yes, um, mathematics seems like a very, very difficult one to bring <laughs> in in terms of uh, interdisciplinary units. Mm. Um, one other thing which has been um, kind of highlighted a lot in the new guide for the IDU is this idea of like action or service that is tied to the IDU and it's quite an exciting aspect actually of grounding the students efforts in a, a meaningful outcome um, I suppose um, what, what constitutes action or service for you Nadia in an IDU and um, can you offer any examples from your own experience uh, definitely. I mean, uh, action is pretty much the, um, the the summative assessment component. So rather than doing a, a traditional way of uh, uh, assessing students, students are actually delivering or performing in a way where they show how um, what they learned in both subjects became meaningful to their own community. So again, for example, um, during a persuasive um, essay unit about uh, governmental practices between, again, English and INS, there was an action component about um, actually uh, writing persuasive letters to governmental officials. And that was, you know, one form of action. Uh, the service part in that wasn't assessed. So I think that's the most important thing to remember, that if you do have service as part of an interdisciplinary unit, you can't assess it. It's taking the action to, to the next level. So the students, um, their service component there was um, having a community involvement. So they had a, um, a celebration whereby the students displayed their work and they did it um, in, on different days, different grade groups, different um, parent-teacher association meetings. So that way it, is, it was ongoing and it was also meaningful by bringing in um, members of the community. So uh, I would definitely say that the action part um, 
if, if you want to think about it as a teacher, the action part could come in in a summative assessment where you don't do your traditional method of um, assessing content. And then the service component is taking it a step further through um, an ongoing event within the school community at first, and then maybe taking it to the next level on um, maybe to national events where you're showcasing and celebrating students' work by also raising awareness on the issue at large. Mm, I see. And um, can you think of like any examples in, in your experience, Nadia, where it has led to something a bit more tangible or real world or authentic? Yes, actually. Um, in one of the units where they were, were trying to eradicate disease and, 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 and discuss immunizations, um, the students had to put together research projects of, of real-world um, instances in different parts of the world. So they went to Africa, some of them went to the Middle East, some of them went to um, North America, imaginarily, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then the service component was bringing in speakers from different um, governmental organizations. So UN came, UNESCO, even some um, organizations who worked to eradicate uh, polio, for example, came in and lectured alongside the students as a huge service event. And that was ongoing um, throughout the school year. Mm-hmm. That was one. Another one was talking about conflict. So uh, there was an IDU that focused on different conflicts, political conflicts, and how um, 21st century learners could work together um, and and hopefully overcome those conflicts so that people can live peacefully. And um, there was a service component there where, again, the kids were international-minded and educated the younger grade groups on the existing conflicts that took place all over the world and how they could maybe work together to overcome political turmoil. Some groups created podcasts. Some of them um, created websites. Uh, surveys were distributed. So it's it's um, it's actually quite a creative journey, but there is a lot of meaning when you don't do the ordinary. You don't do the traditional way of assessment. And you actually tackle problems that exist within the school community, within the country, and then on an international level. So you have to see the progression taking place from a very young age. So if you, you're you an MYP year one student, maybe you could start within your class, um, year two within the school community, um, you, year three looking at uh, national um, problems, and then year four and five looking at how your IDU connects to international problems all over the world Mm, i think i think i mentioned it earlier but that is i think for me the most exciting part of uh, not just the idu but i think the ib kind of program more broadly um just that kind of sense of authenticity there's nothing more exciting uh engaging for the students than when they're like what so we're actually going to do this we're actually going to you know that kind of that adverb gets thrown around that actually, um, and they, they're just a hundred percent more engaged and a hundred percent more motivated. And, um, I don't know, present in the moment and present in the process. Um, yeah, the, the last question, um, 
from me today though nadia is um you're giving me already like lots and lots of fantastic advice um but if if there was one thing if there was one kind of uh you know tip that you could get give to heads of faculty or, or coordinators or teachers whatever in respected departments embarking on their first idu what what would that advice be uh, my advice would be to prioritize every part of the school, everything, whether it, it is curriculum, the extracurricular activities, the IDUs, how you want to embed ATLs, because let's face it, as um, IB educators, there are so many different components to um, our teaching practices. So I would prioritize and make time for what is going to be most meaningful and purposeful for our students. So in terms of interdisciplinary units, if I want meaningful, purposeful, authentic units, I need to give my staff time, even mm. release time to plan thoroughly and come up with ideas that will benefit the students. So I would also look at autonomy and accountability, where the teachers are free to come up with ideas that suit the kind of students that they have within their classroom. But then again, looking at the accountability portion where, you know, I've given you the time as a staff and, you know, I need to see something that is meaningful um, for, for the students in the school. Mm. So, yep, I would say um, prioritize and, and, and give time. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, the only, yeah, the only thing that remains for me to say then Nadia is uh, thank you very much for giving up um, some of your time today and, and your kind of ongoing presence in the IB community and all this kind of thing. It was, um, I'll tell, I'll tell one, um, you can tell me to kind of cut this out of the final record if you want, but I, uh, I've told one or two other people about this. I thought it was really great that when, when the training was ending, uh, a couple of weeks ago and you were asking how many of the schools that were present uh, did um, the five-year MYP program. Only one of the schools in the room was actually doing it at that, um, the whole, the whole kind of MYP complement. And I think four or five other schools only do the three-year thing. Um, and when you found that out, I think you said, so you guys do IGCSE then in, in year 10 and 11, to which we all kind of you know, nodding in agreement. And uh, your response to that was, why? Like, why? <laughs> so I think I, it, it made me laugh. I told, I went home, at home and told my wife and uh, one of my other colleagues the next day. I, I really liked, I like that. Um, I think that's, um, I think a lot of us as teachers who enjoy the NYP and enjoy the DP feel like, mm, yeah, it's, it's, you know, that the world's changing a lot and, and the IB becomes more and more relevant, I think, uh, with each passing year. And, you know, the IDU is a good example of that. So thank you very much for, for your time today and thank you very much for your, your passion and your leadership more broadly. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, I really enjoyed doing the podcast and I think that these podcasts are very, very beneficial. So I wish you all the best. And if you ever need anything, feel free to reach out.